Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Instawebs. You can tag at STC Fit, at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show. So such a big announcement on the Zoom now. Yeah, it's so recording fun. in progress. It still wigs me out hard. Yeah, I'm not totally happy with it. It's awkward because we always forget to hit record when we're doing the banter at the start. Yeah, in the in the like workshops and stuff, and then it's like recording in progress. This person just rudely interrupts yeah. the conversation we had, <laughs> disrupts the flow. Yeah. So we're back on Zoom, Jace. Yeah, we're back. We haven't done a face-to-face one yet. Look, I'm not mad about it. It's like, I've got a pretty good setup going on here. Like I know Tam hates it because I always fuck up the, um, the audio just, every week. I think you but... need to just do that with your mic just a little bit. So I'll get yeah. it eventually. But um, but yeah, like I, I don't mind it. I don't mind the old Zoom because uh, yeah, I can just sit in my comfy office, the heater yeah. on. And I think pretty... like once we get the headsets, I'll probably be... Yeah, I'm excited more... for the headsets. And then I'll have baby legs on Instagram because I'll be reclined on the couches. It looks like it's just shin. There's no actually like top yeah. part of your legs, just shin. Yeah. <laughs> it did look quite funny. <laughs> How's training? How's lockdown things? Um, yeah, training's going okay. Um at, when we're when we're at home, I'm I'm kind of just doing, you know, the minimum effective dose. I want to spend hours and hours in the, in the garage. So yeah, like still getting it done, uh, but I could stretch four workouts over five days now and yeah. just shorten them a little bit. And yeah, just obviously I've got to play around with some stuff just because I don't have everything in the garage, but I've got enough. So yeah, still good, still good. Still staying committed, you know, because yeah. it's important. So yeah, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, well, we made the big call this week to put an end to nationals prep. So I'm still not totally sure how i feel about it it's like yeah. i know it's the right call but it's just it's really uncomfortable with me like we spoke about yesterday it's like i am not very rarely like look at something and give up and that's i yeah. sort of feel a little bit like i have but yeah. i know that it's not it's just to distribute energy in a more effective place um and the likelihood of us us being able to go to queensland it's like so fucking low right now. Yeah. They look like they're about to go into lockdown. We've still probably got two weeks till the gym's open. So yeah, I can't afford to quarantine at two weeks at either end of that trip. So it's like, yeah, we, we talked about doing a backup meet. It's like, I'm not putting my body through that for a post on Instagram. It's not, it for ah, me. it's not worth it, man. Yeah. So in better news, that means time to get shreds. Start the uh, wedge shred a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I've got a full almost almost a full 12 months to the day it's probably gonna you're probably gonna need it <laughs> thanks Jason. A little acute, and i don't mean that in terms of like your progress it's just like we've got to you got to like go in and out a yeah 
Yeah. Like dip your toes in, get into the hole and then take yeah. your sock out for a bit. I was like, <laughs> obviously we made a decision that I was eating last night, just not even conscious of the fact that I was eating. And I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Hey, it's, yeah. it's going to be a problem. I, was like, I haven't dieted since 2018, 2019. Mm. The, the last group photo shoot we did for the liftoff was the last time I... Yeah. Or you put me in a deficit. Yeah, that that's that, and just re re jigging your food choices, like just reworking your food choices. Those two things are the main kind of factors to most people kind of dropping weight, yeah. dropping fat. Is like if you take out the mindless eating, mm-hmm. um, or try and replace it with something that just sits more in alignment with, you know, just like low energy density kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just rework your food habits. Like, all right, I'm not going to have a bag of lollies in between my meals or, or while I train or something. Yeah. Yeah. Out of habit, man, I had a meeting before for, for the YouTube people, I can prove it. And for the, the ear people, I can make the noise. <laughs> just grabbed a bag of red fogs out of the cupboard and just come and sit down. It's like, I just trained. I'm like, no, eat your lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and have yeah. a drink. Like, yeah. It's just, but I have actually really enjoyed the food change, to be honest. Yeah. Like 4,000 calories is a bit of a push for me. Like I don't really like it that much. Um, yeah. So like being able to have, I just had um, mince with mashed potato instead of pasta and mm. eating soup and oats and shit, like so much less sugar mm-hmm. and so much more vegetables. It's like, oh, I feel great. This is Nice to be a human. Assessing food off the uh, satiety index there, Ben. I am. I am. It's been good. I believe someone wrote a certain article about fat loss. <laughs> that information's in there. What's the link, Jason? <laughs> called Your Fat Loss Cheat Sheet. You're link welcome. in bio, select articles. Yep. Work your way there. stcfitlearner.com media <laughs> articles. Sweet. Um, yeah, so yeah, you and I are going to have a play around with some stuff too, just in terms of be cool to make content and excited to play around with some shit again. So yep. I feel like the powerlifting thing, I kind of got it. Not that you can ever totally understand everything, but yep. I just want to have a play with other developments that we've made in our education from a physique training standpoint that I've never applied to myself. Yeah. Um, I've obviously used it with clients, but that have that knowledge has developed to be nice to actually get in and feel it. Yeah, it's a great way to learn too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a better way to learn, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I was having this conversation with our coaches during the week, Ash. It was just like you can't can't ever expect your client to do something you haven't at least done. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily like if someone wants to get peeled, you don't have to be peeled right now, but you have to have gone through that experience to understand it. Yeah, I I I agree a hundred percent. I can't fathom this push that you see like in the industry where you, you don't have to coach like you don't have to have been there to coach it mm. it's like oh, i think you do yeah I, I, to coach people so that's communicate on a regular basis yeah. empathize yeah you know work over obstacles be able to put together a plan that's you know kind of moving mm. so you need to have been there yeah we're just having a conversation with a, about one of my clients and she won't mind us talking about it. it's like She's in a hole at the moment and we're able to say like, yeah, it sucks. You're okay. Because we've both been there. We know what it feels like. You can't fucking say that if you haven't because you don't don't understand what it's like. Yeah, I don't think there's respect there either. Mm. I don't know. I just think there's a tremendous amount of power from leading the line at some point. Mm. And then, yeah, being able to draw back off that, your knowledge and results you get with other people 
And all yeah. of those things would formulate your decisions and your ability to get the outcome for someone. Yeah. So I think um, I definitely need to come back and claim my, my Belfi championship crown too. The last, <laughs> the last two years, I haven't actually been able to rotate to take a Belfi. <laughs> so it's all do it talking about like being being where your clients have been i just i think i have to just build like a massive ass um because that's what most of my clients want and then i can say i've done it so we'll be good i'll just post that picture all the time for marketing (laughs) (laughs) so i guess spinning off that like understanding clients being able to communicate etc that's the topic for today is like how to set up a structure to get the best possible results for your clients yeah so we're not going to talk about like the ins and outs of programming or nutrition or whatever, like we will just not today, but how to actually coach your clients to getting results. Yeah. So there's just obviously multifaceted to be able to do this, but how do you actually get your clients to do the things they need to do to get the outcomes? Yeah. So I think you would agree, like most people, even if they've hired a coach, most people already know what to do. The challenge yeah, is doing to, to a degree. Yeah. Like there's, there's minutia that a coach knows that someone, a client doesn't, but like they know they need to eat well. They know they need to train. They know they need to sleep. They know all this stuff, but they still don't a lot of the time. Yeah. So how do we positively impact that? So the first place we start is looking at goals. So that'll tend to start from your consult. What are the biggest challenges you have right now? What are the outcomes you want? Let's start putting together a bit of a framework that allows us to see what you want. Are we talking about uh, training goals here, Ben, or how deep into goals yeah, are so we willing to go here? For us, um, with a client, I personally, I just stick to outcomes. Yeah. Like what outcomes do you want? Yeah. Um, and then obviously making sure that they're pass or fail as well. But we'll, um, yep. we'll unpack that a little bit further. But yeah, I'm not with when it comes to standout PT. With we're working with coaches, yeah, we go way beyond. It's personal, it's business, and it's training because all of those things need to work symbiotically together. Yeah, um, it's probably outside of a personal trainer scope to ask someone what their personal goals are and put that on them. So I would, yeah, yeah. it's it's training outcomes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just um you can see like a little bit of a shift that some people are trying to make that probably goes a bit too far. Like we work on go for practice and it's like, another thing is just like, why, why are you asking that? Like, what is it, is it as important as, mm. as you know, getting into the weeds on the training goals specifically? Yeah. So like, I, I agree with you in just focusing on like whatever, whatever it is that you can help them with, with the scope of practice in regards to their training physical outcomes or their performance outcomes. Yeah. Um, I think going into the weeds beyond that kind of just sits in 99% of the personal trainers out there, like outside of their scope. Yeah. I, I, my fiance is a mindset coach. So it's like the old handball for that one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's not my job. <laughs> for at a point where that conversation needs to happen as, as much as like you and I have got, so for a mindset coaching it's like that's not where i play so no i'm i'm not the best person for that so go work with the best person yeah yeah i think there's nothing wrong with like having your camp and people within that and it's like your your training outcomes come from a trainer and a coach Mm. 
And then, you know, if that trainer and coach is very competent with nutrition, then you, you bring them on board for that as well. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, you might bring someone in for nutrition. If you need, you know, help with your mindset, you might, you know, kind of hire a, a mindset or a performance coach, a performance mm -hmm. mindset coach for that, even, you know, periodically as you need to. Um, and then have whoever else it is like your know, allied health, all of that kind of stuff. Like yeah. just bring them into your circle and you've got the best person for the job and everyone kind of knows their place and works, you know, cohesively together. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally have everything you just described in my, yeah. in my corner. Yeah. I think it's the best way to do it. If you want to maximize your outcomes, that's where you want to be. Yeah. And if you're a personal trainer, you want to have that network. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to take all that stuff on. Like, mm. yeah, we spoke about like, you know, this coach, this climb coaches in the column clients, but they technically are coaches in the academy. Just excuse my dogs whilst they're singing in the backyard. Um, there's coaches out there that have, you know, 35 to 50 clients already want, you know, a hundred and Matt, you know, taking all of that stuff on is just too much. Mm. So having a network of people who are the best person for the job, um, they can help you guys work with the goals that you're hired to do is going to be the best thing to do. Cause the one thing Ben and I have experienced is like the, the more, uh, the more experienced we get is we actually trying to narrow our scope of practice down as much as possible so that we're really good at it. So it's like, I'm want to be really, really, really good at physique coaching, bodybuilding, strength that's not specific to squat bench and deadlift and you're trying to be <laughs> and then you're trying to be you know the strength coach the body composition coach and good at that yeah so yeah it's almost just inverse it's like i don't want to do the competition thing on that side on the physique yeah. side you do i don't want to you don't want to do the competition thing on the powerlifting side and i do it's yeah that same the overlap in the middle is very similar yeah yeah but so we're not trying to take on anything else outside of that because it just takes away from your ability to be the best at that yeah yeah so coming back i guess to, to client goals so your first exposure will be during that consultation process um after that what we tend to do is we actually have a resource in their education portal that walks them through setting really high level goals. So what we do in the first step is to identify what your core values are. So what, what we're referencing is basically goals that aren't relying on motivation. That's what we're trying to achieve. So yeah. everyone wants to be motivated and it never fucking works. So instead of just continuously trying to motivate, and if you want to be a motivate PT, that's cool. It's not for me. Um, and I don't think most personal trainers want to do that. They no. want to facilitate outcomes for people, regardless of whether motivation is there or not. So for us, that's identifying the core values and then identifying of those core values, what can you express in your training? Mm. And then once you know that, it doesn't matter if you're motivated or not, you've got to express your core values to feel fulfilled within your life. Yeah. So it becomes much easier. For training goals, I tend to go like, depends on the person. We definitely want three, six, 12 month goals. Athletes, I like to go to three years. Um, and myself, I look three years ahead as well. So I think it's, there's value there. It just depends on who you're working with. If you're working with like mom who's just returned back to training and just hasn't done any exercise since she was 14, like that's, they're probably not going to have a three year plan yet. Yeah. 
yeah. working with someone who's been training for three years, they've probably got a vision of where they want to be three years from now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, with the goal setting, like a lot of coaches don't do it with their clients at all, or they do it at the start because it's like part of the script that they have, but then they just forget about it and yeah. wonder why adherence slips and, you know, people don't really know what they're working towards. Maybe they kind of cool off after the first 12 weeks, you know, all of these things start to manifest because we haven't kept them or we, we just, we haven't reminded them of why they're there. You know, we haven't walked, you know, week by week, month by month, you know, year by year with intent and, and, and all constantly reminded them like, you know, are we ha- happy with the results we're getting for this outcome? Are you, are we close to this? Like, I, do you still want that? You know, this is all part of the process of keeping people reminded of why they're there mm. uh, and keeping them committed to the goals that they've set or keeping them committed to the plan that you've set. A lot of coaches get frustrated with why their clients don't follow the plan, but they don't really go any deeper than, you know, just follow the plan. It's like, if they're not following the plan, they either don't know why it's important or they don't see any value in it. And, you know, it's just not important to them. And there's something else that's more important. Yeah. So good goal setting really starts to quash that. Yeah. Yeah. So good goal setting, like you said, is pass fail for one. And we, our method is it's attached to your values. So it's absent of yeah. motivation. So lose five kilos to look good in a dress. It's not, it's not it. Yeah. Like we need to go beyond that. Our dogs are singing today. He's going to have a chat today too. Um, so yeah, we need to go beyond that. And if your client's goal is to just lose five kilos and feel better, are they showing up when it's hard? Like, is that, is that enough? And then yeah. people start to talk about, well, what's your deep why? We start peeling all these layers back and the most effective and efficient way we've found to do that is values. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So once we've got our goals in place, that's worked primarily delivered from the client's end because it's not up to you to, and this is a really important one. Um, one of our coaches, Danica, actually posted about this this morning. Those coaches that are like, oh, you're not going to compete and then they just stop giving you any attention. It's like that. That's not fucking on. <laughs> like, I've been uh, the victim of that personally. Yeah, it's like your job is to service your client's needs. If you don't want to work with what their needs are, give them to somebody who give does. Someone else. Like, fuck. Correct. Yep. we'll catch that before it goes into a rant um but once you've got that in place the next step is like for that's decided upon by the client they set their goals you don't set them for them the next step is on the coach your yep. job you're being paid to get that outcome so with yep. all the information that you've brought in how many times a week can they train how high a priority is training to them where are they in their training age What's their current like performance, health, body composition, whatever status? What are they willing and able to commit to? You have all of that data. Now, what's the timeline and what's the plan? Yeah. And that needs to be communicated to who you're working with as well. Yep. So do you want to maybe just give an idea of like how you go about that with like a gen pop and comparatively to an athlete? Uh, the, the goal setting part? Yeah, you setting the timeline and, and like laying out your plans. How do you communicate that effectively? Yeah, so uh, Gen Pop, it, Gen Pop it's, reflect, it's a reflection on the timeline for the outcome. Like if that person has 
you know, something coming up, like, why did they hire you? You know, why are you hired in the first place? So some people it's, you know, I want to look the best I've ever looked for this holiday that's coming up or, you know, someone's like, I just want to get in the best shape of my life and there's no end point for that. So then we need to start to look at, like you said, their current situation and where they're at and what they would need to be at, like what boxes need to be ticked to be the person that would have the outcomes that they want. So it's okay, this person's working out this many times a week. So that's a box ticked, but it's like, they're not really following a plan. They're not really managing their nutrition. They kind of know a bit about nutrition, but they're not actually really implementing it, you know, uh, specific to the goals that they want. So if this person didn't have an endpoint, we would have to make an assessment of like, just what improvements would need to be made. Um, and then giving them, give them a realistic time frame. you know? So if someone's like, working out five days a week, but it's not really implementing any nutritional strategy, isn't following a structured program, really. They're just working out. Um, doesn't really live the life outside of the gym that facilitates the goals that they want. That's not all going to happen overnight. So setting someone like a 10-week goal and saying, yeah, we can get you, you know, this outcome in 10 weeks. It's like when you actually look at all the things that need to be lined up and all the boxes that need to be ticked, that's going to take a little bit longer. But once you get all of the boxes ticked, that's when the results really start to come quickly. So we would just set specific phases. So in maybe that two week period, when you're first starting, it's like, cool, we're going to use this as like a, you know, a baseline phase where we're trying to get maintenance, but what we're also trying to do is like habit formation. You know, it's like, let's start living in alignment with the goals that we want. You know, let's, we've done the values thing. We've done the goal setting. So it's like, okay, well, let's do the, the B part and the do part so that we can have what we want. And then after that, it's like you're phasing the outcomes that you need, whether it's fat loss, whether it's strength, whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever other outcome, hypertrophy, whatever. It's like give someone a starting point and an end point and tell them, hey, for this period, we're going all in on this. You know, so that's generally how I'll phase it for most of my clients. Uh, and then when you've got a competitor, they have an end point. So we, for the people that I work with, like they're doing bodybuilding shows. So we know the show and we want to have a week. We want to be ready a week earlier, probably even two weeks earlier, to be honest. Uh, so we set the, the prep, maybe depending on the person, I like 20 to 24 weeks in general. So 26 weeks out is when I would really make an asset, like want to start prep, but I would be making an assessment the whole time. It's like, how far away are we from this? Um, and then you work your way back, which is going to be more time, the better for somebody who's coaching a physique client. So hiring a coach 12 weeks out, most of the good ones are going to say no, unless you're doing a lot of the things that, unless you're, you, you've ticked all of those boxes already. Um, so you're just going to phase it and go, okay, well, we need to make improvements here. We need to do this. We need to, you know, make sure that we're not putting on too much body fat, probably have a little bit of time just to see how you respond to a deficit. So we're phasing those things, you know, before this official, I guess, like pre-contest preparation period happens. And then after that, it's structuring in some deloads, structuring in some refeeds. And in between that, we're just working to aggressive fat loss protocols, really. It's very similar for, for me as well. Like if you've got the gen pop, I like that habit formation phase. That's what I'll communicate to them as. And it's almost like a, most people come to me with the intent to lose body fat. So all of them want to be in a deficit. It's like, you need to earn your deficit through this habit formation phase. Yeah. Show me you can 
get your macros. Show me you can get your sleep. Show me you can get your steps. Show me you can do all your training. And then it's explaining like you're actually, most of them aren't following a program to a level that they're really reaching their potential. So we get this lovely, nice little fucking recomp phase where measurements go down, performance goes up, body weight kind of stays similar, maybe trends down just a little bit. Usually that's what happens when people first start. So it's communicating that I need to see all these ducks in a row. And often I'll say this could take two to four weeks. It could take eight weeks. It's going to depend on how long it takes us to put all these things in place. Once we do that, we'll go into, and it's like, sometimes it's really, we're doing this. And then usually depending on lifestyle and like if they have, typically if they're career driven, they're career driven. It's like, we'll play the next diet phase by ear whether we go short and aggressive or longer and slower yeah, based on what's going on in your life when we decide to do it. Yeah. Um, so I've got one girl at the moment who's prepping for our photo shoot who I was like, do you, are you happy to just fucking send this? She's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, I can feed you more on the back end if we need to. She's like, my life is sweet right now. Like she's a nurse. Everything is kind of set up, ready to go. Bang, let's do it. Other people, it's like work is like 60 hours a week. It's like out of the deficit now. Like you're not sticking to it anyway. You're overstressed, out of that plan, reset a new one. So it's being, we talk about all the time, like being proactive with reactive built in. Yeah. So we are going to do a diet phase for a specific period of time. It could be this or this. Get there, make the decision, be willing to be reactive in the moment. Yeah, there needs to be uh, like rigid planning, but fluidity when you're assessing what's actually happening in application. Yeah. yeah. So when we, when we throw it out in application and real world, it's like, there has to be fluid. We can't be rigid with the application too, because that's where bad coaching lies. It's like, that's the, you know, volume macros, make sure you get to the gym this week. And it's happened for the last three weeks. And it's like, clearly there's something going on here that needs investigation. Like we have yeah. to be fluid now. Yeah, and that's like we're talking about how do you increase adherence and get results with your clients? If you're setting unrealistic expectations based on everything else that's going on in their life, you're setting them up to fail. (laughs) Set some expectations that they can hit and all of a sudden they'll hit expectations. Like it's not rocket science when you look at it that way. Um, If when adherence, like adherence is the the topic today. Like we're trying to get you guys to maximize adherence with your clients. And when you think about goals and setting timelines and planning, the thing that you need to do after that is actually ask your clients, like, can you commit to this? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, you know, they, they, they want to work on uh, growth and uh, as a, from a values point, their, their goals line up with that because they want to self-improve themselves, drop some body fat and all that. So you've set this timeline and you've got this plan for them now you need to ask them, like, are they prepared to do it? And it's like, what's involved here? You know, what are the trade-offs? Are you actually happy with and willing to commit to this? Are you willing and able mm. is probably the best things to ask. Yeah. Because there's too many people out there that like the idea of the outcome and the outcome can still sit with the values. But actually when you go to play it out, it's just like, they're like, I don't know if I thought that it was something else, mm. like fat loss, right? People think it's magical. Yeah. Like it is. Like they think it's, they think yeah. it's easy. Like, like, you know, and then it's like, Hey, am I supposed to be hungry? Am I supposed to feel a little bit like lackluster yeah. and 
have not as much energy and are my workouts supposed to take so long to recover from and stuff? It's like, yeah. It's one thing that the, the flexible dieting movement, one of the trade-offs from that, I think has been that, isn't it? It's like, like when we first started out, it was like, when you diet, like that eat clean mentality, it's like, that's hard. You eat boring food and you don't eat much of it and you train your ass off and you get leaner. Now it's like, I don't know, you can eat chocolate and like diet on the maximum amount of calories and blah, blah, blah. It's like the maximum calories amount of calories might still be 1200. If you're a little person, sorry, it's unfortunate yeah. for you, but it is. And even if it's not, if you've actually worked out what your maintenance is, it's probably still going to be five, six, seven, eight thousand, eight hundred calorie deficits that it, for the levels of, the output that you want, the outcomes that you want. So it's like, it's still going to be uncomfortable. We're just doing it more intelligently. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, social media using the outliers to, to market their method too. Like, you know, I, I fell victim to it at one point. I was like, oh, you know, this person shredded 3000 calorie average a day, mm. you know, 30 kilocalories a kilo, like come at me, my method's the best. And then, I, and then the longer I worked with people, I was like, you know, and I hired a coach, like, trying to understand their method because they got really good results of people. I'm like, just how does this work? But it's like, I saw maybe six people get results. And then it's like, hang on, how many other people does this person coach? Yeah. And the way that I've, I've like, this has been set up for me is no different to how I would have set it up myself. And it's like, hang on a moment. It's like, it's all fucking individual. Like yeah. it's, you know, you eat at 30 kilocalories a kilo and you get shredded. It's like, they don't tell you about the 15,000 steps they walk a day. Mm um like yeah they do no cardio um and the and the, it's neat, it's know, neat, busy, the physical job yeah. and you know the two hours of training that they do so then you get sold this like well i'm going to be able to eat this much and get this outcome and it's like well no it doesn't work that way it's like if you're a small person if you're an inactive person if you're not genetically blessed the you it's going to be a little bit harder than someone else who's not, but it's still no matter what, 100% necessary for you mm. to be where you need to be right there and then to get the adaptations that you want. You want fat loss, you have to eat less, high protein diet, you have to move more than you're currently doing that. We have to manage the variables and there's side effects to that. And it's like good coaches explain the trade offs. Yeah. And they say, hey, you know, this situation you're in right now, like you're at uni, you got exams, you know, you've got, you're working. You know, can you commit to, you know, a step count, eating a little bit less, feeling a little bit tired, you know, all of these things that come with being leaner, you're going to get leaner too. But why do we, we only talk about the good shit. So good coaches talk about all of the stuff. And it's like, can you actually commit to this? Because yeah, we need hundred percent. Also understand that if you give them an eight to 10 week deficit, for example, in week four, shit changes. It changes. Like, when we're talking about getting adherence, like you, you need to sometimes be able to make the call of like, do they need a cuddle or a kick in the ass? Is like the, the question I sort of ask my clients sometimes, like which one of these do you actually need right now? Like, do you need yeah. a hug or do you need to be told to pull your finger out? Um, mm -hmm. And the more experienced you become as a coach, the more intuitive you become with that. But at least thinking about it, like which one services the outcome here? And if you get to week six of a 10 week cut and adherence is all over the place, you need to start looking for other data and talking to them. What's going on? Why is your yeah. stress score so high? Why is your digestion so poor? Why aren't you hitting your workouts? Why aren't you, why weren't you able to hit your macros this week? It's like, oh, I fucking worked 70 hours. My dog died and 
like I'm stuck in lockdown and I am moving half as much as what I normally do. Mm. Like, okay, is this still a good time for you to be able to pursue this outcome? Yes, I feel better this week and I'm ready to go. Cool, so we can set this as an expectation. Yes, let's fucking go. But open the door for them to say no. Yeah. That I think yeah. I actually, because we have two options. I can give you a two-week diet break, let yourself get your shit together, and then we can jump back into this deficit again and finish it off. Or are you ready to go? Let them make that choice. Yeah, yeah. And so this is why uh, communication and forging good relationships or always wanting and trying to forge good relationships and have good communication is so important. Like you see the posts on social media, the trainers shitting on their clients and prospects publicly because, you know, their clients aren't following the plan and they're not asking their clients questions. And like, I couldn't help myself. Like I commented on it. Didn't get a reply back, of course. No, I was Um, upset we didn't. (laughs) And then just looking through the comments of just like, um, oh, my client's asking other coaches about my plan and making decisions and changing things. And oh, I laughed at it and all this stuff. It's like, these are coaches saying that. And it's like, have a, have a good look at yourself if your clients are doing that. You know, it's like, why are they not able to come to you? Why are they not able to talk to you, to ask you questions, you know, talk about your plan? and their goals of why they've actually hired you to do it. It's like, you're the problem. Yeah. Not your client. Like you haven't given them a, a comfortable environment to talk to you about their plan and stuff. And like, I always, I always talk about, and we've done this in, in standout PT. It's like, why, why do we stop asking questions as we get older? Like when you're younger, ask all the questions. It doesn't matter if they're stupid or simple or whatever, you would just ask your mom and dad, like, why does this happen? Why does that happen? And then as we get older, the curiosity doesn't drop, but we stop asking questions, right? Most people do, unless you have a growth mindset. But we stop asking questions because we're fearful of looking stupid. We're fearful of the answer that we're going to hear back. We're not ready to hear that. You know, things like that. Like we we don't want people to, to think we don't know something. So we don't ask a question. It's like, okay, well, you, you know that. I know that. The coaches that do standout PT know that. So what do we do? We don't assume and we ask our clients questions. Do you understand what's going on? Are you happy with the results you're getting? Do you understand the plan, the plan for the coming week? Is there anything else that you need from me? All of these things break down those barriers of that client going, Oh, this person's asking me this question. I'm going to give them a truthful answer. You sit down with someone at the start. It's like, I'm hired to get you an outcome. If you don't follow the, you know, you don't follow your plan for the week. I don't care. I just want you to tell me because my job is to help you work over whatever it is that you need to work over to get the outcomes that we want. If you approach things with both of those strategies or both of those mindsets, there is no, oh, I'm going to bag my clients on social media because they don't follow the plan and laugh about it. Fuck. It's like you're, you've done everything in your power to create the best environment for your clients to communicate with you and forge a great relationship with them. Fuck, it pisses me off so bad when I see that shit, eh? Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, it's, I don't know why it's so common. I think because it's shareable and other PTs get on board and share it more and it just becomes this fucking snowball it's effect. There's so many bad coaches 
Sorry. Yeah, bad communicators. So many bad trainers out there pretending to be coaches. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, you're not a coach. Yeah. None of those people that commented on that are coaches. Agreed. They're, they're trainers. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So I think like that, that ability to open communication, it's the next thing we have in there. So you setting the goal, setting, setting the goals, putting a timeline and plan together, communicating the expectations of what the client can expect, what we expect. And then like Jay said, I just need to know. I had one of my girls in um, in the Be Bulletproof course last night. She was like, one of her triggers was like letting her coach down. She doesn't want to admit we were doing growth and ownership mindset and she didn't want yeah. to take ownership because like if I take ownership, then I have to tell my coach I fucked up and I don't want to tell my coach I fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, you've been working with me for 10 weeks. When was the last time I told you off for anything? Yeah. She's like, oh, never. I'm like, so just fucking tell me, I don't care. I think one of the, the biggest reasons... And I, I would be curious to, to talk to my clients and ask them these questions. I think one of the biggest strengths I have that allows me to get results with my clients is an ability to take what they perceive to be really large problems and make, and make them this much smaller. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, so you went out on the weekend, got fucked up. Okay. Is that going to bother you in four weeks time? Yes. Don't do it again. Mm. Pick up from today. Let's go. It's done. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's go. Okay, if it happens again, why do we keep falling in this behavior? What's triggering us? What's happening? Let's deal with that issue. Not yeah. telling you off, like, why the fuck did you go out? You're not going to, like, who cares? It's done. It's nothing I can do about it now. I'm more <laughs> interested in what you do tomorrow. Yeah, looking, and, looking to the week ahead is the yeah. best. And then if your answer is like, no, it was my birthday and I don't care that I got fucked up on the weekend in four weeks, like, this check in on shit and I'll be good tomorrow. It's like, okay. I'm all right. Are you all right? Everyone's happy. Cool. Let's move on with life. Like, yeah. oh, my, um, the, the menstrual cycle things, the ones that's really popular at the moment too. Like I, to a point starting to over the pendulum's gone too far. It's like we're, we're, we're extrapolating too much information from it. It's like, oh, I missed a workout last week. Cause it's like my period pain was really bad and I just didn't want to train. Like, okay. Cool. Pick up from that session this week. Keep working your way through. Do you think you do an extra session this week? Yeah, probably. Sweet. Make sure you actually relax on Sunday if you do that extra session. Okay, cool. Sweet. Move on. Like these big issues that our clients have that they come in half the time. It's like, think about going to someone who you deem an authority who has, I don't want to say has power over you, but a little bit. So like God, Jay said, like asking your mom and dad questions, like imagine walking into your boss or whatever and having to say you fucked something up yeah. and how terrifying that is. <laughs> like, Hey boss, like I was supposed to do this and I didn't, or I was supposed to do it this way and I did it this way and now it's fucked. It's like, that is, a, you're walking into that fucking not in a confident position. Yeah, Have 100%. a think about what your client thinks when they check in with you if they haven't had a good week and create an environment where within two seconds of the reply, that goes away. Because over time, it's like, I can trust Ben. I can trust Jason. I can trust my coach with whatever I need to talk about. I can go to them and I can trust them. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking down those barriers is so important. Mm. Like, oh, I feel like I'm wasting your time. I feel like I'm not meeting your standard. It's like, just quash that shit at the start that uh, understand that they think you're larger than life mm. 
you're a personal trainer. You probably have a really great skill of lifting or doing something or you're in shape or you just do, you operate in a manner that they admire you for. So they're going to, at the start, be very reluctant to tell you the things that you, they think you're going to look down on them on. Mm. So if you break that down and you're like, I'm not here to tell you off. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to do any of that shit. I'm here to get you a result. I think the problem that you highlighted before with like the social media posts and stuff is like, there are coaches that do. Yeah. And if you, if you do do that, that's self-serving and you need to flip to client serving real fucking quick. Yeah. A, because you're going to hate your job because no one's going to do what you want them to ever. So you'll be frustrated. Like all these shit clients don't do what they're supposed to blah, blah, blah. You'd be frustrated with, I just don't get the right clients newsflash when you get a full book of competitors they're just as fucking neurotic they ask just as many questions and they fuck up just as much i'm just as bad like my check-ins to will and to whoever like they're the same if i check in with nutrition with aaron like yeah i didn't track this week just ate so i was like i'm the same i'm that client sometimes we all are so don't think that just because like training's in top two or three priorities of my life if you're working with people that are top five, top 10, mm. and it's a good thing that I like to point out to people is like, because personal trainers tend to be very good at executing their training, they think everyone else should be. Are you yeah. adherent to your training nutrition? What are your percentage? What is your percentage of adherence per week? And it's like, oh, it's 95%. So that's what they speak. That's what they expect from their clients. So what I've started asking instead for clients is what was your adherence to your business KPIs last week? Did you do all the calls you were supposed to? Did you budget the way you're supposed to? Did you do your review? Did you, did you, did you, did you? And they're like, nah. I'm like, cool. So all the shit that you were supposed to do, you didn't do. And you're going to drill your client for not doing the stuff they were supposed to rather than help them. (laughs) It's a bit rich in it. That's like, oh, okay. So you don't like budgeting. Okay, cool. Do your clients like tracking macros? No. Oh, well, maybe then fucking work with them the same way that you need to be patient with yourself about putting together a budget. Like if you came to me and was like, Ben, I didn't do my budget last week. And I was like, well, that's a fucking waste of time then, isn't it? Like, do you want to be broke in five years? If that was my response, you'd be like, fuck, I'm never telling Ben that again. So I think people just need to step into like, what's the relatability here? What's the level? Because we all have shit that we're supposed to do that we don't. Yeah. And I think a really humbling way to do that is to get coached yourself Mm. by a good coach though. But it's like, just understand the experience. Like, you know, um, set goals, have a program, be accountable to someone, you know, check in regularly. It's like all the little fucking sneaky shit you're going to do guess what your clients are doing? It's the same shit. It's like, if you feel comfortable with the other person and you don't do that and you have great conversations and they're open and everything's on the table and you feel comfortable, guess what happens with your clients? The same thing. Yeah. So again, there's a tremendous amount of power with experience. So definitely encourage you guys to be in that situation yourselves. I think it's more more than heaps being coached. 
Peace. It's more, more popular now for, for coaches to have coaches, which is a great thing. Like it, yeah, Adam posted about it recently. Like how do you, because he, I know he used to push back on it. Like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to have a coach because I want people to know that I have a coach because that means I that don't you need a help. Coach. It's like, yeah, that you need help. It's yeah. It's not always like, about that. Yeah. No, you're seeking the same thing that they're seeking. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. And sometimes in outsourcing decision-making, like it's not just yeah. about your inability to do shit. Yeah. So like I've been, I've been working with Will now for three years. It's like, I'm super comfortable in that relationship now. So that's not a great reference point for me anymore in terms of like what makes me scared. But it was a while ago now, but he came down and did some one-on-one sessions. I had to meet him at a gym that I didn't know. There was heaps of people in there that I didn't know. And I was like, like, I'm fucking, Will's my friend. <laughs> he stayed at my house. And I was like, I'm nervous for this PT session. This yeah. is fucking weird. Why am I nervous? So imagine being a client who's new and doesn't have a relationship with you, has to walk into that fucking gym and do a PT session. Like just put yourself, whether it's in training related or other areas, put yourself in uncomfortable positions and just take a moment and think, I wonder if this is what my clients feel like when they have to talk to me. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, this is a very humbling experience. Mm. I can learn a lot from this if I sit back and actually like ask myself those questions which good coaches do, man. Cause it's like, it's the client centric model, right? Mm. So you do stuff that your clients do and you sit back and reflect and understand how they feel so that you can make sure that you're doing the best for them in that situation when they're there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's, I feel like we've covered communication. <laughs> it's see why that's, can you see that's a really important part guys <laughs> and it's fucking touchy for us right now <laughs> it's a trend in the industry we've had enough of they come up every now and then um so check-ins is obviously the next point like having a good check-in process is gonna make how do we reinforce adherence mm. i think is probably the better way to to coin it and a check-in is one of those yeah 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 so yeah take us through the check-in process bro and how like you said you, you're reinforcing that communication yeah so uh we believe that a check-in should uh encompass four key areas really it should there should be data about the uh the goal that they want to they, that we're working towards so objective data so it's like this is what's happened over the period that you're assessing that check-in for uh, there needs to be uh, some, you know, a, a subjective markers as well, like, and subjective feedback. So it's like, what is this client's doing in terms of, or how is this client ranking their performance in terms of markers and feedback? Like there's dialogue there too. Uh, then we need uh, something that's going to give them a focus for the week. So it's like, what is... The, we call it the action point for the week. So it's like one thing. Don't need you doing 400 things because if you pick more than one thing, you're going to do two things shit to so just pick one, right? And it's like fucking own it. That's, we don't say it like that, but that's it's just pick one thing to own, right? And then it's like we positively reinforce either last week's action point or something that's happened that week. Like your goal is to create victories. We want to positively reinforce what they're doing. We do that in the check-in sheet with conditional formatting, 
we give them, you know, the positive sandwich. It's like, this is what you did great. Um, this looks like it needs a little work, but I'm really happy that I've seen this, this, and this. And I'm very confident with your action point this week and how you've described it, that you're going to achieve X, Y, and Z. And I look forward to seeing it next week, you know, as an example. So our check-ins are very comprehensive. Like we've looked at these four key areas and gone, all right, I can assess if the plan's going to you know, oh, I can assess, I can assess if the plan's going to uh, how we've prescribed it or, you know, just like on course. Uh, I now have a look at like how that person's ranked their own performance for that week. You know, just in terms of like the, their training, their nutrition, their compliance, those kind of things and how they feel, you know, about their own performance in those areas. We've now got one key area that they have identified as something that needs improvement for the week, which is super powerful because that's probably really accurate if they've identified it. And what I'm going to do is just make sure that we go into that, into the weeds on that a tiny bit. So we can kind of go, okay, so why do you think so? What are you going to do about it? I'm really confident with this. Hey, you, you said you were going to do it, you know, take a three liter bottle of water to work. You know, why don't you try this as well? Um, Cause we found this to be a little bit uh, pretty successful as well. Um, so maybe like do both of those or, you know, you can pick one and see how it feels. And then at the end of it, just be like really happy with this. I'm confident that this action point is going to be here and I look forward to hearing it next time. So it's like, once you have that process down pat, it's almost, and, and you've got a good relationship and you have good communication. Uh, it's faultless. Mm. Like, uh, is everything going to be sunshine and rainbows and, you know, continuously working towards this, you know, gaining this linear progression? Definitely not. Are you going to be in the best position to put out the spot fires as fast as possible with this method? 100%. That's almost a trap that we fall into as well. It's like people are looking for the most highly optimized plan rather than what is the best plan over time. Yeah. So like our message with the Be Bulletproof program is like, the reason you're bulletproof is not because you know exactly what to do and it will work perfectly every single time. You're bulletproof because you know where to start and how to adjust. Yeah. And that's the same with our approach to coaching. It's not, your method isn't bulletproof because it works 100% of the time because it fucking worked. <laughs> never will no. i don't care how good your programming nutrition plans are it's not going to work 100 of the time with every single client because not everyone will follow it yeah. and you can dismiss that and say oh it's because no one follows it or you can actually build a service that gets results for everybody yeah and the way to do that is everything that jace just said create an environment that facilitates progress on a weekly basis mm. and if something doesn't work you have the ability to identify and implement a change yeah like Remember that adherence comes from like momentum as well. Like if someone's done something well, like tell them, mm. you know, and, and, and get them to like tell themselves like, well done. Like one thing that I really do rather than like, like, especially lately is, is instead of saying like, I'm, I'm happy with the check-in this week, or this was a great check-in and I want to see more of this in the future or something along those lines where it's like, you know, I'm, you know, the whole, like, I'm proud of you kind of thing yeah. that we spoke about, like <laughs> when we went into the weeds one night drinking too much wine, I was like, instead it like, now I'm saying you should pat yourself on the back mm. for the week that you just had. 
So it's like, yeah. you did this for you. Like mm-hmm. you didn't do it for me. Like you did this for yourself and you should be very proud of yourself for doing it. And so when we start to reinforce those things in the right way, it's like, think about how fucking, how much momentum that creates for that person. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, so I just, I have to do, I just have to do what I did last week. And then all I've got to do is work on this little thing this week. And I'm moving even closer to the outcomes. I'm moving even closer to the prize. Yeah. And it's like, that's where coaches fuck up. It's like, it's this top-down relationship. It's this, I'm telling you what to do. It's like, I'm, you're missing the point where it's like, just because you guys think following your nutrition isn't a big deal and your clients did it and you don't commend it because you don't find it important. It's like, it's a fucking big deal mm. for that person. So commend them or tell yeah. them that they should be proud of themselves for doing it. Put them in the best position to do it again. Like everybody likes a pat on the back, man. Everyone likes the sticker when they were in high school or, or yeah. primary school, or whatever. It's like, you do this, you get a gold sticker. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. I want to get as many as possible, you know? So it's like, we still like that stuff. It still mm. frames our decision-making, you know, in like moving forward. So we just got to find adult coaching, personal training Good variations stuff. of that. Yeah. And it's little things, you know, it's like our KPIs are, are really kind of colored from red to, to green. And it's not red. We're coming in, you know, with steam <laughs> out of our ears going, oh, you, you, you fucked up this week. It's like, it's like, hey, is everything okay, right? From our perspective. But then think about your client. It's like, I got orange this week. It's like next week I'm getting green. Because mm. green is good, yeah. right? So you've got these colors that are reinforcing it from their perspective and it shows us how to approach that person. And then we have the coaching skills to be like, hey, I'm really proud of, or sorry, you should be very proud of the fact that you said you were going to you know, hit your protein targets for last week and you did it. So pat yourself on the back. And I'm really excited to see this action point get played out this week. Yep. Let me know if there's anything else you need from me. Yeah, so valuable. I put up a post this week around like, the biggest thing at the moment is everyone wants to be more confident. The best way to build confidence is to win more. Yeah. The more Great you victories. win, the more you feel confident. The more you win, the more you win. Winning is a habit. Yep. So create an environment where your clients can win. Yep. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Like coming into lockdown, you know, for us, like it was unexpected. Like it's like, hey, there was five cases, boom, you're in lockdown. And yeah. then like now it's like, oh, it was a five day weekend and now it's going to be longer. Mm. And so the approach in the check-ins was like, what are we doing to create victories this week? Yeah. That was, that was it. That was the line that I said to the people that are in lockdown. It's like, what are you going to do this week for the things that you have control of to go? I crushed it this week. I created that win. Cause it's like, mm. think of the momentum that that carries over to the next week. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no better way. There's no better way. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Super, super valuable. So I think what you kind of explained there is like an online version of our reach model. So it's yeah, the reach model is designed. We've talked about it in past episodes, but if you guys haven't heard it, reach is a communication style that you can employ with clients to allow them to essentially set their own goals with guidance from you, which when a client sets their own tasks, they will be more adherent because they've set the target. It's not something that you've told them to do. Something you've both agreed upon is going to deliver, get them closer to the outcome. 
So it, it's an acronym. So R is for rapport. So start of a session, you don't walk in and be like, hey, did you get your protein last week? Like, <laughs> how was your week, bro? Like, how are you feeling today? Yeah. Um, so building, building some rapport before you dive in there. Um, what's E? Explore. Explore, yeah. So typically you'll have one that was already set previously and that's what you're exploring. It's like last week we were focusing on your protein. You mentioned you were going to add protein to your oats in the morning. How did you go with that? It was good. It was shit. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Who knows? So we go through that and unpack. If that was super successful, then we don't really need to go any further than that. Or we want to then build another layer. So we explore, okay, so what else could we now do this week now that we've been successful with that? Then we go into A. I'm going to call on your action. Action. Yep. So I, we have looked at it. This person, for example, has successfully added protein to their oats every morning. So great. We're also probably struggling with a protein snack throughout the day. What high protein snacks would you be willing to eat? I probably would prefer you to eat some food rather than use a protein shake again. Is there anything you think you could fit in? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they say Nutri-Grain. It's like, oh, it's not quite it. And then you might make some suggestions. What about like a high protein yogurt or some beef jerky or something? And they're like, oh, I fucking love like Yopro. Cool. Do you think you could add one of them a day to your diet? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. See, Jason. Uh, clarify clarify cool so you're but, confident you can go and get you're going to have seven of those yopros in your fridge you can add one of those per day to your afternoon snack and that's what you're going to do next week yes jason that's yes, exactly I am. what i'm going to do sweet and then all we like the big one that jason made a really big deal of with the check-ins was honor yeah so i have no doubt that you'll be able to do that and I'm looking forward to the rewards that you get from actually applying that as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next week and seeing how you went. Done. Such a simple, simple, simple communication style set up in a framework that doesn't feel clunky, doesn't feel awkward. It's not like, it's not woo wooey like stuff. It's just tell me what's going to happen. You did good. You didn't do good. Let's make an action point. Just a reminder that I actually think you're a good person that, that you can do this. Go and have a fucking great week. Yeah, it's a natural conversation. Mm. Like I've had people who go off and do some coaching, you know, weekend course and stuff. And then, you know, when they're talking to you and shit, they're asking all these fucking weird questions and they're like staring at you in your eyes and they're about, <laughs> you know, fucking three inches from your face and shit. And I'm like, whoa, get the fuck off me, man. Like, <laughs> You're actually making me feel weird. You don't yeah. really talk like this normally. So mm. what have you changed? I'm getting real bad energy. Yeah. This is like, hey, how's your week? You know, what went well? What do you think needs improving? Cool. What are we going to do about that? Sweet. Have you tried this? Just making sure that you're talking about this. Mm. I'm really confident that you're going to get this done, man. And I can't wait to hear about it next time. Mm. Like, nice that's, that's it. it. That could happen in a two minute period. It could happen over a 30 minute session. Yeah. Like just honor them at the end of the session. Don't do it at the start. So it's like, hey, I can't wait to hear from you next week. Now let's go and do this next set. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, it's like just make the conversation organic. Yeah. And your online, your online check-ins can follow that exact same flow. Yeah. It's just like ask the questions. They're prompt. Yeah. 
the answer. They've set up their action point. You just have yeah. to honor it. And you just, yeah, that's it. Honor it and explore and clarify. Like you just got to probably go on the clarify part just because language is, remember like just because someone says something doesn't mean it means the same thing that you think. So you're like, hey, I'm just making sure when you say this, you mean this. Mm. And, and then it's like, yep, 100% confident you're going to get that done. Can't wait to hear about it. Let me know if there's anything I can do. Mm. Yeah, the, and that's really, the clarify element's really important because coaches and clients have different interpretations of what things mean. So we need to make sure that we, we know. It's like, I'm going to do cardio every day. And I'm like, I think that is going to be 35 minutes, 30 minutes on the bike. You think that's going to mean 90 minutes on the bike. And I'm like, get to the end of the week. They're like, yeah, I did 90 minutes on the bike every day. You're like, you fucking what? <laughs> like how bruised is your butt right now? Yeah. Like that's, that's, you need to make sure that those two things actually work yeah. out together. <laughs> um, so the reach model is fucking amazing and it's a really great tool, but there are times where two, three, four weeks go by that it's the same explore. Yeah. The protein isn't going in the oats. The thing that's supposed to be there, all the workouts aren't being hit. All the nutrition parameters aren't being hit. There's something going on that's just not, particularly if you know, there's, there's two main reasons that I go to the next step, that which we call, excuse me, motivational interviewing. Yeah. One is it's out of character. The behavior that we're presenting over a two to four week period is out of character for this person. It's time to intervene real quick. Yeah. Alternatively, the person is starting to get antsy about their outcomes and the behavior doesn't align with them. I'm taking that off my shoulders and putting it back on to them to figure out what the fuck's going on. So motivational interview, I'm not going to go through the ins and outs of how to do it because it's a podcast in itself. What we're trying to achieve with the motivational interview, you guys can Google this. There's <laughs> heaps of different variations. Yeah, it's heaps. Essentially, you're weighing up what the rewards are and what the opposite of rewards are for changing and staying the same. Yeah, well, the pros and cons. Yeah, on both ends of the spectrum. If yeah. you stay like, why are you staying like this? I was like, I'd rather sit on the couch and watch Netflix than do my steps when it's cold and raining. That's a valid fucking answer. How important is that answer versus if I do my steps, my hip doesn't hurt and I lose weight? Well, the couch is only a three out of 10 and going for not having a sore hip and being able to lose body fat is like a seven. Like, cool. So that's a no brainer discussion now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's the, the outcomes that we're trying to create with that. Sometimes they go super fucking deep and that you can unpack some shit that you'll be like, whoa, that's makes a lot of sense. Why we're not doing that anymore. Um, mental barriers that people put in place, certain, um, meanings that people have put around certain scale weights and all that sort of shit like it, it all can come out in this and you're creating an environment for it to come up and then be dealt with if you don't deal with it yourself we talked about at the start have a network of people that you're just like yeah i think that would be an awesome idea to go talk to someone about that because that's continuously holding back your progress here right now yeah yeah i think if you have both those tools under your belt as a coach like you've done everything you can to get that person you know, just realigned with the program or the process yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And then it like gives you, it just allows you to kind of, 
you know, not take on that burden of like why that person's not getting results. You don't have to get frustrated and pissed off at that person because they're not getting the outcomes and you feel like, you know, it's looking bad at, you know, on your reputation and stuff as a coach. Like I literally have done everything I can for this person, you know, to, to facilitate the outcomes that they want. So you can just know that you've done everything with those, you know, there's the rules and responsibilities of both parties. Yeah. It's like you're ticking all of them. So you're fine. Yeah. Done your job. Yeah. So packing this, packaging this all up in a nice little bow for you guys. How do you increase adherence and get results with your clients? Firstly, go read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and have the ability to actually fucking take ownership for the fact that your client's not getting a result because of the system that you've set up for them. You're not facilitating an outcome, not they're not adherent. Swap those two things around to start with. Um, I know it hurts your ego, but it gives you your power back. It allows you to actually make progress. Set better goals, pass fail. We use value aligned, a method that actually creates real fucking goals that have a why that work in the absence of motivation. Put together a clear timeline and a plan for your clients. They actually know what the fuck's going on. They're not sitting there wondering like, I don't know what's next. Communicate what the expectations and what the client can expect at the start, pros and cons. What are the trade-offs going to be? What's our plan if something fucks up? How are we approaching this? Over what time frame? Have really good check-ins where you're creating an environment that you've got action points, you're encouraging habit formation, and you've got that positive reinforcement in there. Create wins for your clients. Reach model conversations, particularly if you're face-to-face, absolute game changer. Yep. Allow you to be less stressed, allow the clients to make the call on what they're aiming for each week. Like Jay said, ticking the box that I've done my due diligence with this client now. Reach model's still not working. Suss out what the motivation of the interview is. Practice it three or four times with someone who's not your client and then deliver it to your client. If you need to refer out after that, you need to refer out after that. I'm really, really confident if you can put those six things together, your, not only your adherence, but your client outcomes, your client satisfaction, your retention, the value of your service, your referrals, all of those metrics will go up. Will make a huge positive impact on your business and your outcomes. Yep, agreed. Cool. So Standout PT is obviously uh, closed right now. Our next intake for that is going to be, I should have opened that before I started talking about it. Let me bring that up for you guys. We also have, sorry, one sec. So yeah, Standout PT, we've just launched our third round, which is really cool. Uh, We met all the guys yesterday. Uh, which is really, really exciting. We had a, a really good time with those. So the next intake for that, so Standout PT number four, will be open on, will be starting on October 11th. So currently what we have available is your first 1K week. So if you're in a position right now that you're not generating consistently over $1,000 and you're not really sure what to do, you don't have a secure income, you're worried about business structure, sales, coaching communication and language like this stuff today resonated with you and you're like i don't have any of this shit the 1k week is for you 
Um, yep. So jump on STC Fit Learning's website, check out 1KPT. Uh, it's stupid cheap. We really need to put the price up on it, but take advantage of it while it's, it's at that price. Uh, and then also coming up on Thursday, the 5th of August, which we might have one episode, I think, between then and now, we'll be having a programming for body compositional change workshop. So it'll be PT friendly, 12.30 in the afternoon on a Thursday, online, obviously, because Jason and I aren't allowed out of the house right now. Yep. <laughs> um, so keep an eye on at SCC Fit Learning on Instagram for that one. Our tickets will be up probably by the end of this week. You'll be able to purchase them um, and make sure you secure your spot for that one. If you're a client listening, uh, don't forget about the STC Fit. We have the next Be Bulletproof program will be launched on the 7th of November. We've just launched that as well. Uh, and we'll be running a How to Get Lean and Strong, which Jace will be featured in that one as well on Wednesday, the 11th of August. So the following week at 7 p.m. Um, so after hours for that one. So it's fucking heaps coming. Yeah. Um, make sure you subscribe to at STC Fit Learning and at STC Fit for all of those updates. So you're not missing out on anything there. The seminars, again, will be too cheap. <laughs> um, so yeah, be ready to, to jump on those tickets as soon as they come out. Take a screenshot of this episode for us. If you could put it up on your socials, tag at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott STC, at Jason Galea STC. We'd really, really appreciate that to push the episodes out a little bit further. I think I've got everything. That's it. We're done. Sweet. There's no clothing out or anything for a little bit. No, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. See you next See time. You Fortnite.